Hello, how's it going? And we're still here in the study, the trophy room, the gentleman's, what would you call this room? Uh, the smoking room. The smoking I don't, I don't room. Smoke, I figure I you imagine. don't smoke. Uh, you're such a good guy. Uh, it's been a real like honor to have Stuart in, in my midst. We've never spent any time together. We've I don't met. Think. Okay, it feels like we've known each other for years, but um, I'm super excited that you agreed to do this. Stuart was one that I really wanted to have here because I never, it's kind of like saving you for the right moment because uh, I follow Stuart on Instagram like I'm sure a lot of you do. Your cases are just absolutely incredible. Thank you. Um, you may not know this, but I was at the 2014 Damon Forum in, you probably know it because I wrote it on here, but you didn't know it before I wrote it on here, um, but it was in, uh, what, Phoenix, I guess, yeah. and I was just six months into my practice. So total noob, Anna came with me, and uh, Roy Scolding, if you're out there, thank you, Roy, for taking me and, and, and whining and dining, great guy. Um, but I learned so much at that meeting, and I was still like, just trying to figure it all out. Like, what braces am I gonna use? I remember I went to like a bracket placement like thing, now I would like totally skip that. You know, it's, I'm yeah. jaded, I need to lean into my weaknesses. <laughs> but I remember like showing it to the doctor and be like, how are these, you know? Yeah. May have even been you, I don't know. But um, they were like, those are fine, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. Um, but I learned a lot, and also Jeff Kozlowski was there. I learned yes. a lot about phase one treatment yes. and some efficiency things. Uh, and of course, like I said, I followed you on social media. Um, I don't know of anyone that it consistently does as good a cases as you, so kudos oh, to you. Thank you. For that. And, Maybe more importantly, there's probably someone out there, like the, the classic line is like when someone's asked, who's the best guitar player in the world? A really great guitar player always says someone else, or they'll say probably somebody we don't know. You know, someone who's like on their porch playing right now yeah. that we just don't know. So there's yeah. incredible clinicians out there that maybe we don't know, but you teach and you share and, and we are all very grateful for you for doing that. So thank, thank you. you. So thank you. Sorry for that long gushing intro. Um, the topic tonight is the artist orthodontist. Show your book. Yes. Look at that. Huh? Right there. And so artist orthodontist, it's the name of your 2018 book. You can get it on Amazon if you want. And you're described as such on your website. But what does it mean to be the artist orthodontist? You know, it's interesting, Kyle. I went and took my family for a photograph about 12 years ago. Okay. And the photographer said to me, uh, hi. And I introduced myself. And she said, I know who you are. And I said, well, I've never met you. And she said, you're, you're known in the community as the artist orthodontist. Whoa, okay. And I was so taken back by that because I'd never considered myself an artist. I can't mm. really, my, sure. my handwriting's chicken scratch. <laughs> and so that, that intrigued me and I asked a little bit more about that. But that one statement changed my career because mm. I now saw myself differently. I saw myself as not just a tooth straightener, mm. as an artist. Wow. So the artist orthodontist to me means creating beautiful pieces of art that you put your heart and soul into. Okay, right on. Yeah. I like that. I actually love art. Like, I'm an art uh, appreciator, okay? But yeah. I'm not great. My handwriting got to be worse than yours. No, Anyone I... that's on my team that's watching, it gets worse every day. My signature, I just feel like it's devolved into, like, what is that, flowers for, for Algernon? Like, where it's just, like, going, like, I'm going in reverse or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but sorry. I think the point is, like, I'm creative with, like, music, and I think at orthodontics, I'm pretty good. And so, but it does require like fostering that artistic creative side of oneself. That's mm -hmm. great. I can't believe she just handed you that. That's she like, handed, she changed yeah. my life. Yeah, no one ever called me the digital orthodontist. I just made that up. <laughs> I, it, it cheapens it a bit, you know, when you come up with yourself. All right, so um, it, it sounds, I guess, also like when you talk about the artist orthodontist, to me, it sets you up as different and is approaching it in a different way. Sort of like maybe a cook who sets themselves out as, I'm a contemporary chef, or yeah. I'm doing this, you know, I'm 
subverting or I'm deconstructing or that kind of a thing, right? Um, And so it maybe is saying that the traditional way of judging what's a beautiful case or a good case or a great finish, uh, you're sort of uh, questioning that. And maybe you see it differently. Is that fair? It's really true. And I think what happens uh, for me as I started looking at myself differently and realizing that there's a difference when you see yourself as something or you see yourself as something more than just a two-straightener, I think that you have like almost a higher calling. Hmm. And, uh, you know, in our profession, you think back to when we were in, our, in school and we would see our professors, they would show us these cases and you'd go, okay, hmm. I see a good buckle segment, I see good occlusion, the teeth are lined up, it just didn't, it was nothing that spoke to me. Mm. And so for me, there's, there's this, this uh, speaking to me that, that, in fact, I call it the, an, an archaic, an old school perception of an orthodontic finish. Yeah, sure. And today there's just something different about what we do. And, and so that's what I've tried to pride myself in is doing something different. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I almost don't want to ask you this, but I'm going to. Um, maybe what are some things in these archaic finishes that you see consistently that you're like, yeah. Ah, that's painful. So I think one of the the biggest thing is the buckle segment. Okay. So canines to to molars are dumped in. Yeah. That that's old school. Okay. It's it's the old per- perception of the Roth prescription, and I'm not saying I think Roth was furthered our profession, helped us so much, but I think that 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 look of the toed in, the canines toed in, the buckle segments in. It's, it doesn't speak to, the, to our generation of people that are out there looking for something different. And we could take it even a step further. When you have an upright posterior segment, then you have this wide, broad smile. You have a, a, a dental substructure that supports the face. Mm-hmm. And we see in our practice all the time these ladies that are in their 40s and 50s, and they're coming in wanting more support in the mid-face. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get mid, uh, mid-face support, is in that wide, upright posterior segment. Yeah. Right so that's on. a big one. And the, I'll say one other one. No, you're good. Flat smile arc. Oh, yeah. That's classic in, in old perception of what a, a orthodontic finish would look like. So. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about smile arc, uh, others have spoken about it, but David Sarber said, was he, David was supposed to be here, and I hate that David's not here, so God bless you, David. Yeah. Um, but uh, he said he found it in an old like prosthodontics textbook. From I I don't I'm gonna misquote it but like I don't like 40s or yeah, something yeah so like of course you know people had noted that but we had sort of lost it and you lose it for silly reasons like I'm gonna bond the brackets low on the posterior so we don't break them off and then it's like well then you screwed up the way the case should look That's and right. actually like um, the attractiveness of the smile when you take away that smile arc it gets worse I mean obviously it gets worse and so by doing orthodontic treatment you, you kind of made it worse a little bit you know so I think that I think we're trying to do the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, why well, I, I mean, yeah. and, and so I think about dentists. Now, dent- general dentists have it figured out. Right. They're looking at buccal corridors. They're looking at smile arc. And for me, practicing for five years, it was natural. That came natural to sure, me. Okay. And when I saw Ar- um, Sarver's article in, in, uh, in 1999, 2000, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that speaks to me. Sure. Yeah. Well, fortunately, as someone that was entering into residency around that time, that that was a big deal, it was a big focus. I think I gave a lecture, like, you know, you'd have to do, like, your little, like, uh, PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Uh, the beginnings of lecturing. Um, I did one on smile arc. That's I chose awesome. it because I was like excited about it or whatever. So, um, so uh, you had like a crazy. You stay busy. I saw you're like uh, lecturing to Russians like late at night with your like 
was like Monster Energy Drink I or know, something. I know, I <laughs> know. And then you had like last week or the week before like two or three lectures, mm. and I, I tried to tune into each of them, and it was great. I learned some good stuff. But Thank your you. partner, Trevor, was on one of them with you. Uh, he joked that working with you is difficult because your bracket positioning is always perfect. I'm sure that's not true, but Thank you. it's, you know. Right. But uh, certainly not everyone has that level of raw talent. Let's just be honest. We all went through dental school. We would all check each other's dentures and crowns and waxings and all that and be like, I'm better than that guy, or wow, she's really good, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Is everyone capable of being an artist orthodontist? You can, I'll, I'll tell you, Picasso said we're all born as artists. Hmm. And we forget that as we get older. And it's just like you, you have artistry. And in fact, I, until Sonia Pollock said on stage one time, introduced me, that Stuart is an artist because he has art in his name, I never, I was like, oh, there you go. oh whoa, okay. But the thing about <laughs> it is, is that we can all learn. And I wasn't a great bracket placer when I first started. Yeah. It takes relentless trying and redoing and, and looking at my cases and see where I put it there. And then if I change it, what happens? And, and so it's just uh, everybody can be a master clinician at placing brackets. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I guess I will just say, I think there's different ways to get to great finishes too, and there's the different, it's subjective, you know, beauty is subjective. Sure. And so I think what certainly is true of everyone is, is that you can strive to be more artistic in your finishes. Mm -hmm. um, and if it doesn't come natural and your eye just doesn't kind of see it, like some people, they don't know how to dress themselves or they don't see like, why is that piece of art better than this piece of art? Well, maybe spend some time around people who do see those things and lean into your weaknesses. That's like the theme of the that's night. That's the theme. Yeah. I, so, I, I wanted to say one thing about that. Oh, I yeah. think that's so good. I think all of us, you know, I, I love the saying, comparison is the thief of joy. Right. We all compare ourselves all mm. the time, but if we would just look to our, our, our classmates or our friends and say, hey, hey, look at this case. I'll never forget, I did that with Tom Pitts. I would, mm. I would share cases with him and I'd be like, Will you please just critique me so I can get better? Mm. And I think if we could just get outside of ourselves and let other people share what they see, and that would help us as well. Yeah, right on. That's great. All right, so I wanted to ask this. I added this in like the eleventh hour, but yeah. I see the cases you share online, and you know the, the classic criticism of people who speak clinically is, "Oh, you cherry picked your cases." Mm. So then you'll have the guy or gal that's like, "I'm going to show ten sequential cases," and they're yeah. probably cherry picked too. But you know, sure. so you do tend to show the cases with the really nice, long, slightly oversized teeth. And when I see patients with those teeth, some people just have nice teeth. They look like yeah. you know, just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful enamel. I'll tell people that, and they're like, "That's kind of weird," right. you know, small teeth. Uh, low angle cases mm. um, where the denture is completely retruded to the face. How yeah. do you make those beautiful? You're not showing those finishes, right? No, I Man. am. I try to show those yeah. finishes. In fact, my social media expert, she said to me, um, you, I'm going to show you, this, let's do this case next. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's not my favorite. <laughs> and, and she said, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. You show them. So I think the important part, Kyle, when we start talking about small teeth and you know low angle cases and all that, they still have to have the same structure to the smile. Hmm. We still have to have the same look to it. Um, everybody loves big teeth, let's face it. Yeah. But just because somebody has small teeth doesn't mean we don't try to get a wide, upright posterior segment or smile arc. And so when we still follow those same keys, we still get beautiful results. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but those cases, like when you got tiny little teeth, it. 
Like, how do you get, here's another question, because you like to bond, yeah. you know, five and a half, six yes. millimeters. Yes. He brought his own um, height gauges. I had my height <laughs> gauges. He has his, like, two specific ones to eat yeah. ramen noodles, and then yeah. thankf thankfully you did. Yeah. Um, I use height gauges. I love them. Yes. Um, but you'll put some at, like, six, six and a half. When you got a small tooth, you are limited in your ability to enact smile arc, no? I mean, how do you? You are. Here's the problem. When you start placing the brackets above five and a half, because usually uh -huh. if, a, if a tooth's 10 millimeters, you know, tall, yeah. and you go at FA point, the more you, higher you go, you get to a smaller part of the tooth. It's difficult to get yeah. that bracket in the right spot. So I try to keep the, I try to go five and a half to six on if I need to increase smile arc. But most of the times, the problem is you start going up too high, you affect torque. Yeah. And you affect the way that the tooth is. Sometimes you have trouble with rotation. So try to really limit how high I go. Okay. Do you ever laser before you start so that you can get it where you need it or no? I recommended to a patient one time to, to, to the parents. Yeah. Can't get the brackets in the right spot. We should just, you know, trim the gums before we put the brackets on. They didn't show Then it go for it? Nope. Oh, come nope. on. So. Well, they lost out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So I've got like, I think only like two questions left, but I think we're going to spend... Sure. Probably about 10 minutes on these sure. questions. So um, I want to attempt to distill like probably what you spend three or four hours talking about in like the next 10 minutes, so good okay. luck. Um, but maybe your process that you go through that's unique in how you create frost smiles, beautiful smiles. Uh, let's look at before you start treatment, is there anything that you do that's special or that's unique in how you treatment plan? I think the most important thing for me, and being that I was a, a clinical general dentist that did veneers and cosmetic cases, I think the most important thing is where is that upper incisor? Okay. I was taught in school, look at the lower incisor, yeah. treatment plan of the lower incisor, and it made no sense to me when I was, you know, after being a general dentist, and I thought, why aren't we doing our planning around the upper incisor? So for me, it's all about where the upper incisor is in two, two spots. One, upon full smile, like authentic smile, mm -hmm. where's the upper incisor, and number two, at rest. So I'll have the patient say, Emma, and pause, and then I look how much incisor show we have. So that to me is like number one. Where's that upper incisor? That's, and, and then for me, it's, it's all about really kind of having vision of what I want that smile to look like at the end. Mm. And if you don't have a set per, uh, of parameters of what you're looking for in every case, then how do you design that case to finish out? Or how do you know what it's going to look like? So I'll, I'll never forget when I was... Um, I was thinking, I was giving a lecture and I was trying to be different than Tom Pitts and he's one of my mentors and a friend mm -hmm. and he would always say, begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I can't go copy him, but, but it's, it's true, it's, sure. it's what we do. So I, I, I thought about vision, having vision for the finish. If, you, if anybody has vision, you're thinking about, okay, what's this gonna look like at the end? So that's what's going through my mind as, I, as I'm sitting with patients. And I love this statement, I say to the, the new patients, I'll say, I can already see your beautiful smile. Mm. That's great. In fairness, begin with the end in mind is Stephen Covey. Uh, that's from that's Seven Habits. Seven Habits right. So he stole that. That's so right. it's okay. So sorry, Dr. Sorry, Pitts. Tom. Um, so uh, that was before you treat the patient. Some different yes. things. Upper incisor, hear yeah. you loud and clear. I agree. Uh, while you treat the patient, is there anything special or unique that you do? You know, I'm, I'm just, so I, I think there's little parameters along the way or road, road signs or, or yeah. that tell me if we're progressing. I'm always looking at smile arc. I'm looking at my bracket position. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I always do a panel reposition visit. It's mm. like a mid-course correction. Yeah, me too. I think that's big. And, and if you're not doing that, whether you take a panel or not, I still feel like we have to have a mid-course correction. How many months into treatment do you typically I, do that at? I try to get anywhere from six to eight months into treatment right. to do the mid-course correction. Yeah. 
So you've gone through probably two wires or three? Two or? to three wires, that's yeah. right. And, um, okay. and so that, that's what we do at that time. That's cool. I do the same thing. And yeah. I found that I, you, I, you know, I can't get it right if I don't do that. I agree. I, I also feel silly when I do a pan repo and I don't reposition anything. I mean, I'm proud, and the no, assistants, you be, like, the assistants love me. Back. Well, that's probably a miss some. Um, but it happens, okay. I'm sure you have some where you don't, yeah. you're like, eh, that looks pretty good. Or yeah. maybe I'm just tired that day. Yeah. Um, so what about when you finish the case? Anything that's unique about that? I know that you have some answers to this. You bet. So I think that this is where a lot of orthodontists just, uh, you know, they take the braces off, they clean the glue off, and they go, thank you, we'll see ya. Mm. And there's not a lot of thought into, okay, are there any incisors that have little chips out of them? Is there a canine mm. that's two-pointed? Uh, what's the, uh, you know, what's, what does the architecture of the gum tissue look like? Because yeah. you're, you're, you're sending that patient out with your stamp of what your beautiful finish is. And if that, if, if the architecture of the tissue is not right, your case won't look beautiful. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the last part of it. And I go, okay, I've done the hard tissue contouring and smoothing and polishing. Then it's like, okay, we set them up to come back for a gingivectomy. Oh, so you do it on a different day? Yeah. Wow. How do you charge for that gingivectomy? Sorry, get in the weeds. But. No, it's okay. We don't charge. No, you don't. You no, just do it. Wow. You just do it. it. It's Again, it's part of the, it's about your artistic no, smile it. at the end. Wow. How long does it take? It, well, it depends. Like, yeah. so we do it every lunch hour. We wow. spend our lunch hour doing gingivectomy. When do you eat lunch? Uh, protein bar. 10 minutes. Gosh, Stuart. <laughs> you, I, I, I'm finding these clinical masters are just crazy people. Well. Through your lunch? Here's the thing. The thing is it takes, if, if you get quick at it, and yeah. if, you do a, if you do one every day for the last 10 to 15 years, sure. you're fast. So it's 15 minutes and you're done. Yeah. Uh, when Dr. Nichols started, and I love him, he's a master. I think he's getting better at him than I am. But when he first started, it was 45 minutes. Yeah, right. So you'll get really quick at him. Okay. And, Get them done. I try. I love the idea of doing the, the, the gingivoplasty or whatever you want to call it. And that is, I think, what makes your cases. I mean, it's all the stuff. Sure. It's everything. But, sure. man, that really sets it off because not everybody does that. No. And I'll see people share cases sometimes, and I'm like, yeah, the gums are terrible, you know? Or you yeah. got black triangles. Like, I mean, the segmental mechanics were brilliant, but there's like two big black triangles in the upper one and one and lower one, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, you got the sharp canines, and I hate the way those look. I was telling you before the, the show, we were talking about how I'll do, um, man, I do now enamelplasty on like every cusp. Yeah. I'm all the way back to the fives. Because I, I had a patient complain about the contour of her lower first or second premolars one time. And I looked at her like, what are you talking about? And then I actually looked and I was like, I kind of see what you mean. So like I'll go and I'll contour and you start to like pay attention to those things and you're like, now nah, that needs to kind of, it's like a little bit too broad. And I even um, level off the, the lingual of the upper premolars to make it. A, I love a this point. I hope yeah. everybody's listening to this because this is so important. We are dentists. We use hand pieces. Yeah, we should sure. be adjusting the occlusion on every patient. Get on those pile of cuss tips. So, well done. Yeah, well, thanks. Love and it. I was never a dentist, just a dental student. <laughs> so I think if I had been, I would have been the dentist. So yeah. um, my periodontist friend loves that I do that. He's like, oh, that's great. So yeah. um, what's different about after you finish the case, your retention protocol and how that plays in? Yeah, so I, we do um, upper 2 to 2 perm, Yeah. lower 3 to 3. Most of the time we're bonded with just at the cuspids. I like a rigid lower three to three. So I do an 026 or 025 stainless steel, okay. bonded mostly at the cuspids. You make it in-house? We you... make it in-house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then upper is FlexTech or what? FlexTech, um, some people would use the new Retanium, the right. TMA. Yeah. It's pretty rigid. Yeah. I still like that bonded braid from Reliance. Yeah. And I just tell patients that yeah. after a year, this is gonna come off, we're not putting it back on. 
Okay, so you just get them through a year. That's it. Just for vertical stability? Or, mm -hmm. Okay, right on. And cool. then we do one millimeter clear overlays. Okay. Yeah. So nothing like crazy. Nope. Um, I like that. Nope. I was hoping you wouldn't tell me I needed to use a wraparound holly no. or something. So um, I hate hollies. No. Okay, good. Yeah, I know. We share that in common. Great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's wrap up. You've got five okay. keys to crafting beautiful finishes. Yes. I love systems. I love for the note takers out there. We're going to give you the five keys and that you lecture on these things, but it's good to get sure. in here um, to create frost smiles. One thing also I just want to say that I appreciate about you and I think the people that are all here, because I have the same mindset, is I don't care who you speak for. I don't care like what bracket you use. Mm. Um, I think that's great. It's part of your story. Sure. Um, but I like that you apply all these to all the different things. So it's not just like you have to be a PSL no. guy, you have to be a damning guy, you no. have to use the Ultima. Like it could be that that's you right. use twin, right? That's right. Okay. Now, if you're using speed brackets, get out of here. The Viazzi? No. It's, it's totally <laughs> joking. If you speed, more I power to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. So uh -oh. I think that's helpful because for an audience, yeah. I think we're tired of like everything yeah. only having to be this one, like this one way. And I think Facebook groups have changed that in some ways that now we're aware of all our different groups and we yes. see the commonalities and I think that's great. So thank you. And this will work you if you use twin or whatever. That's right. Um, all right. So what are your five keys? And let's talk through each one. We got a few sure. minutes left. So I think it's important everybody understand that the five keys really have to do with what your end result needs to be. So we have vision in the beginning of what it needs to look like at the end. So then there's five steps that are so important in achieving those smiles. And I want you to know, you know, I'm, I don't think that i am got the corner of the market because my book's called The Artist Orthodontist or I call my smiles frost smiles. I think everybody should brand their smiles. Dr. Kyle smile. Right? I, I think it's so. Sounds, good, uh, sounds a little weird. It's but. a little weird, yeah. How about Di Pascali? <laughs> I don't know. Di Pascali smile? I don't know. We'll work on it. Can't be fabulous smile. No, well, you know, you, yeah. I think it should be. So, but so the really important is that uh, we understand there's five keys. Number one, the first key is really paying attention to the mid face. Okay. Okay. Treatment plan your case so that you enhance the mid face, especially the upper lip. Everybody wants an upper lip. Even the females when they're in their 40s and 50s, they want an upper lip. So. Uh, enhance the case for the, uh, treat the, plan the case for the upper lip, okay? Okay. That's so important. Number yep. two is the upper incisor position. Make sure the upper incisor's on the midline. This is very basic. And we're showing maybe one to two millimeters of the incisor when we're finished, okay? So vertically, we want to show one to two millimeters of gum tissue. I should say that better, gum tissue. No, that's good. And, and so that's number two. And we don't, we want to make sure the incisor in the right position, forward to back, all three planes of space. And then number three is buckle arch width. Hmm. That's the upright posterior segment. And so many people through the years were like, you Damon guys, you're, you're blowing out segment. No, right. you were not. What we were doing is uprighting the posterior segment. Yeah. And that's so important. So, and more important than smile arc, I think, is the buckle segment. So hmm. number three is the buckle segment. Let's camp on that, for, if, yes. you, if you don't mind. No. Um, do you use expanders or no? We use expanders in our practice, RPEs, for airway problems. Okay, if but a kid not is snoring, typically. But we don't really need them um, yeah. un unless there's an airway problem. Okay, so let's say to achieve upright buckle segments, if I'm a twin user, or I'm a PSL user, I'm a whatever user, a liner user, that's a whole mm -hmm. other topic we mm -hmm. can get into. Mm -hmm. Maybe we will. Yeah. Uh, they're telling me to stretch it, so we may just keep oh, talking. Oh, good. You know? Yeah, good. we got more I time. I can talk all night. You tell me when I need to shut up. Okay. Yeah. Um, you just gave me the one finger. I don't know what that means. Uh, so I'm just going to keep You're going. You're number one. Yeah, I'm number one. Thank you, Russ. That's so sweet of you. Um, what was I saying? Buckle segment. Yes. Um, do you always bond upper seven to seven? Do you always get into stainless steel? Like, what are the ways that help you achieve that? This is great. This is so good. I always bond seven to seven. Okay. 
if the sevens aren't in when I start, I want to make sure they're in with two to three months. Okay. So that I don't have to drop back in wires and pick them up. Mm -hmm. So yep. I bond seven to seven. Number two, if we have a crossbite, we just put a, um, a crossbite button, a, a button on the palatal of the upper. Mm. I like Kaplan hooks. Yeah. And, and so I'll put them on the five, six, and seven, and we'll wear a crossbite elastic from day one. So we disarticulate crossbite elastics. And you disarticulate typically what, mesobuckle or mesolingual cusp? This upper? is so good. We could talk about an hour on just Come this. On. So um, I have a TMJ background. I did a okay. year of fellowship in TMJ before okay. I did my ortho. Nice. And I made splints for a long time. And people do not do well on, uh, on uh, bite turbos that are on a cuss tip or bite turbos on, uh, on okay. like a, a four. People, when you put a bite turbo on, you want a flat plane bite turbo. Okay. Because it's like a TMJ splint. You want them to be able to move around. Okay. You don't want them to get locked in. That'll cause yep. muscle tenderness and soreness. Okay. So for me, I'll do on lower sixes, a flat occlusal bite turbo. And that way they can move side to side and it disarticulates. But if, you're, if you've got a, a lopsided bike turbo, it might lock into place. Sure. So lower six is my go-to, okay. especially for cross bites. And, uh, and, and then at the end of treatment or the last four to six months, I like to go into stainless steel wires. Yeah. And if we still need some uprighting of the posterior segment, then I just bump that stainless steel wire out. Okay. And that you get upright. sutural expansion with just wires and elastics or no? I don't think that we get sutural uh, expansion from just elastics and wires. Okay. But what we do get, if we're using a passive, in my opinion, a posterior passive set segment, means threes, fours, fives, and sixes have a tube, we have a better bone response when we use a stainless steel to widen and broaden. Okay. So we don't see roots. I don't see molar roots as I've widened a stainless steel. I don't see, you know upper fours and fives roots coming through. Yeah. So we have a different bone response. Cool. Again, we could go into all kinds of stuff. We're not going to go down Good, that thank road. you. Yeah. You can fight that out with <laughs> yeah. Stuart later. Yeah. Okay, all right, so we got two more things. Uh, yes. we, we've talked facial uh, balance and beauty with emphasis on the upper lip and mid yes. face. Great, correct position, position of the upper incisors. Keep coming back to this upper incisor thing. What are those? Uh, yep. And then buckle arch width. Love that. Upright posterior segment. What are yes. numbers four and five? And number four, around? smile arc. So yeah. if we're going to go through all those others, number four, smile arc, we want to make sure the upper incisors are longer than the canine. Yeah, sure. And it depends on how much you need. It's that simple. Yeah. Okay. And then number five, which is the one that most orthodontists just skip and they get a little bit lazy on. I get yeah. it is what does the hard tissue look like? Yeah. Are we gonna contour the hard tissue? And then the last one, which requires an extra appointment, is the, is the gingival architecture. Yeah. And those are the five keys. Yeah, that was amazing. Did you enjoy that, Russ? He's, uh, not, he's not even an orthodontist. I need, to, I need to give him this book though. I want you oh, to know. Oh, thank you. I, I, I wrote a little something in here. Oh, sweet. And it basically you. says. Your handwriting is bad. No, it's bad. <laughs> Look at that. But, uh, zoom that in. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Zoom, zoom on that. <laughs> but thank you, and I yeah, want to ask sure. you a quick question. Oh, okay. How many toilets do you have in this place? How many toilets do I have? That's a very personal question. I know. I think I have 10 toilets in a urinal. And I want to say this. Uh, they're not just... Uh, <laughs> Sounds urinal. like a Hugh Grant movie. <laughs> I want to say this. Thank you for the soft, closed seats. Love that. Oh, yeah. I just... Nice. And you just let it go, just right? Let it go. Exactly. But what a pleasure to be here. You are the man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. This you're, is yours. You're awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Someday right. we're going to go to Cancun together. I just feel it. Um, hey.
I know it's your spot. It's yeah. My spot. All right, Stuart, that was amazing. Uh, thank you for coming all this way uh, to share. I hope everyone really enjoyed that. We, we are not done yet, so you do not dare close your laptop down. Because um, I promise you do not want to miss a single second of our final, right? Oh, whoa. Okay. I, you, I don't, you, you don't want to miss it. Okay, so we're going to be awarding <laughs> our best orthodontist of the night with that extremely beautiful and heavy wrestling belt. Uh, we also have one final surprise. Before we get to that, we do have one quick commercial break from our sponsor 3M and a short video on branding from Neon Canvas. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for that. A smile is the universal language of joy, though no two are alike. A healthy, beautiful smile unlocks confidence and potential. You know the secret to creating a beautiful, healthy smile is part art and part science. Your patients trust you to architect a smile that places equal importance on lifelong oral health and aesthetics. It takes experience to recognize that every patient is unique, and treatment plans should be too. Custom aesthetic solutions showcase your expertise and enable outcomes your patients will love. 3M Clarity Aesthetic Orthodontic Solutions offer orthodontists and patients choice. Choice means customized, flexible treatment plans for every case, from simple to complex. Happy, satisfied patients mean growing practices. When you choose Clarity, you can expect customer-first service and a team of people who are as passionate about your personal, professional, and clinical success as you are. When you choose Clarity, you choose clinically effective, aesthetically pleasing solutions, backed by 3M science and a commitment to continuous innovation. When you choose Clarity, you choose to practice aesthetically without compromise. Practice with Clarity. It's been a truly incredible night and we've still got five hours to go to tomorrow. I can't believe it. All right, so before we go tonight, and thank you for tuning in, as we mentioned earlier, we have this mystery panel of orthodontists and consultants from all over the country. They've been tuning in tonight and we've been texting with them and they've submitted their votes for the best orthodontist of the night. Drum roll. It's got, I, I got this. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, hey, as you guys may know, Memphis, we Tennessee are. was the hub of pro wrestling back in the 1970s. It's still a huge city for the WWE today. So in that spirit, we've got this incredible, look at this thing, look at this wrestling belt. We've got this wrestling belt and we're going to award it to the best orthodontist of the night. I can, I can tell, I can tell, I can tell Feldman wants to win this thing. All right, so we have our three finalists here with us for Best Orthodontist. Next to me, these were the three who received the most votes, so congratulations. You obviously did something well. Nice job. Um, so it's, it's an honor just to be nominated. Um, but we have Dr. Chris Feldman, and in no particular order, Dr. Chris Feldman, Dr. Nicole Wax, Dr. Jeff Kozlowski. Hopefully you know who they are at this point. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Feeling a little nervous? I feel good. I feel good. We got this. I think, got I, I think I earned this. So it's, pretty, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Okay. Chris I think he like, thinks he's winning it. Really excited about this. And he has a wrestling shirt on. And like, Chris, I mean, okay. <laughs> okay, so let's get to it. In third place, third place, Dr. Jeff Kozlowski. Koz, Jeff, hey, you did a heck of a job tonight. Good job. Really enjoyed front porch sitting there with you. Yeah, great job. Uh, Jeff came in third. It's my fault. Kyle, what do oh, you yeah. so, uh, so let's go ahead and announce. We'll just announce first place. You can touch the belt, Jeff. 
Yep. <laughs> you get a little, yeah, just touch the bell. Um, so we're going to announce our first place winner, Chris Papa, dude. Um, so uh, they're going to get this incredible wrestling Sorry, belt. Um, it's going to make your bag that you fly back with too heavy, so you're going to pay extra because it is that heavy. You could probably work out with this thing. You could get ripped with this thing. Um, but our winner, based on votes from our mystery panel uh, of Orthodontist and Orthodontic Consultants, is <laughs> Dr. Nicole Wax. Yes. Nicole Wax! No. no way. There you go. No, 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 that's, dude, you know that's BS. What are you doing? What, did you rig this? I, I thought we were friends. Chris. Did you rig this? Chris. There's no way. I saw her segments. I saw it. Chris. We all saw it. She was great. Chris, she was Chris. okay. I mean, come on, Chris. dude. You, you, Chris, you've been Nicole. acting kind of shady for a little while. Calm down. Nicole was fine. You've been acting Nick, shady listen. for a little while. Chris, drinking too much. Oh, Chris. No, no, no. You, uh, me? Oh, come on, dude. Chris, I thought we were friends, man. And you're gonna rig this, so I lose. You're trying to embarrass. Chris, calm down. What's up right. with that? What's calm down, Chris. Segment? It's okay. What's yeah. up with that? What's up? I, with I up think we're. I mean, why are you acting like a punk, dude? Punk. You're ruining. I ain't no punk. You know me better than that. Chris, hey. I thought I knew you better than that, and you're acting like an idiot, man. You're like the Saints in the playoffs right now. Oh, whoa. Did you Dude, it's too I soon. I can't go there. It's too you soon. You need to retire like Drew Brees, boy. Dude. What are you doing, man? Seriously. Are you we serious? can do this. In my house, you're going to do this? Hold you want the smoke? Hey, you're not ready for the smoke. Hey, you're not ready for the smoke. Hold on, hold on. What? Come on, Dude. man. Seriously? Dude, serious? Hold what? 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 Dude, come on now. No. Dude, that's all you got? Yeah, I got That's all you got? Come on, dude. Come on, baby. Come on, 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 come Call 911, get the dog. Hey, 911! Hey, Chris, hey, so, hey, keep, hey, somebody get Chris. Hey, Kyle, you alright? Kyle. 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 Okay? Kyle's out, y'all. Kyle's out. I mean, I, I don't, this is, guys, hey, I don't, at this point, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, Chris, golly. What? Kyle's getting in an ambulance.
All right, y'all, look, we're obviously concerned about Kyle. Um, he's headed to the hospital. I'm going to go check on him. But, I mean, what a night it's been. This has been an incredible night. Obviously, we're going to have all the speakers back tomorrow. You're going to have to be back. Uh, we want to thank our exclusive meeting sponsor, 3M. Guys, 3M had nothing to do with this. They had nothing to do with Chris putting a Stone Cold Stunner on Kyle or Nicole hitting Chris with a chair. I mean, these, 3M is an amazing company. Please call or text your rep. Check out their new products. They're incredible. You guys should be getting messages about your CE in the chat. You should have gotten an email also. You can go to tdolive.com to the sponsor page and make sure that you've got your CE taken care of. So make sure you're getting the CE taken care of. Go to in there. Get the sponsor page to the sponsor page. So guys, I mean... Obviously, we've got a mess here. We got to clean this up. We're going to start back here tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning. The room's going to open at 8.50, so come early. You're not going to want to miss the kickoff. I don't know if Kyle's going to be here or not, but we're definitely going to make the most of it. See you tomorrow.